Hello and welcome. If you can hear the sound of my voice, don't worry, it's not in your head. It is over the internet. That's right, it's a podcast. And uh, we are here to talk some more sports with you. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, as always, Mr. Yannick and Karnasau. On the other side, I've got my lovely, lovely friend, Mr. Matthew Phillips. Matthew, how are you doing today? Say hi to the people. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Um, is it still, I mean, if they're hearing your voice, is it still kind of hearing it in, in your own head? I've never really thought about it like that. Mm. I mean, because you're right. I only think about like your voice like being in your head, but like you're kind of still thinking about it in your head. That's the or question for the day. If you're listening to that's... a podcast, are we just now in your head? Uh, that's a good question. I I mean, yes. The answer is obviously yes because, right? Like it, you know, as far as like the sound isn't in your head. The sounds coming yeah. from outside. But the voice is being like interpreted in your head, right? So yeah, we I'm are really. It's through your ears, but like you're, it's like it's all a. Your ears aren't doing any of the work of like thinking of the words, right? Ears are lazy. It's the yeah. brain that's doing everything. And uh, well, ears then you know what? I change what I say. Thank you for letting us take up residence in your head. Um, yeah, on We're here, we'll, baby. <laughs> on what is uh, for you all a Friday morning? Yikes! <laughs> what is for us? Uh, a Wednesday night, and uh, you know we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Uh, we're gonna go through a lot of different sports. We talked about it last week. This is kind of like the fall equinox in terms of sports, with the World Series about to start. Actually, it's if you're listening to this on the day it's released, World Series is starting today. That's exciting. Um, and you know we got basketball that started up, hockey started up, uh, Champions League just got done for us. So we're gonna go through it all. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys know what's going on. As always, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram where we'll keep you posted on new content. Rate, review, subscribe, show us off to your friends. If you want to be a guest, hit us up. You're welcome to come talk with us. Hell yeah. uh, you know, and then we all three can be in somebody else's head. There you go. And we'll just keep going until someone loses their mind. And that's just... And that's just how this works. Uh, as long as we don't, as long as we don't make them go inside our own heads, that's the that'd be, that'd be the real trip. Just... Whoa, that's that's podcastception right there. That's that's just I'm listening. I just to know you. I just know how exhausting it is being inside uh, my own head. I don't want to. I don't want to put that on anybody else. Yeah, I wouldn't want to l- listen. One person up here is enough dealing with everything. <laughs> I had a coworker today who's like, man, you got to get out of your head about stuff. And I'm like, you think I don't know that? Like, they, thank you. Yeah, exactly. You give me, the, would... you give me the how-to, not the that I need to. I'm well aware that I need to. Yeah, I mean, I would r- much rather my consciousness reside in, like, my thigh muscle than my brain. Because then I would just be like, move, 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 little sore. Move, move. Marathon day would suck, sure. But other than that, I'd be fine. I wouldn't have any worries. My anxiety yeah. would be cured. Life would be so much easier. Life would be so much easier. Ugh, one day, one day science will let us transfer our consciousness into uh, different uh, body parts. Although I feel like some people would take advantage of that in the wrong way. <laughs> that's a weird, oh, that's a weird, yes, yeah. <laughs> I feel that's like that would a slippery uh, slope. Slippery slope. 
That's 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 a villain origin story right there. If I've ever heard one, for real. If I've ever heard one, Matt, uh, what are you drinking on this fine Wednesday night? I got a. Uh, uh, it's called a Neon Boodles. Neon it's, Boodles. Um, yeah, it's Omegang Brewery with in a, a collaboration with Thin Man Brewery. So two different breweries. I've, I've had a lot of Omegang. I don't know if I've ever had Thin Man. Uh, it's a tropical. I got it from our, our good friend Mark Saladino. Mark. Um, it is a tropical raspberry hazy IPA. And I got to say, most of the time, I don't really like, like, especially if there's a fruit in the name of the beer, because I feel like it's just so overpowering with the, the fruit flavor. But this one is like the perfect amount. I've had one before. I mean, I'm cracking it open, but I've had I've had one before, so I can I can tell you that before. the Boom. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's a solid beer right there. That's lovely. You know. Mark Saladino is the person who I drank my first legal beer with as well. If I'm not mistaken, I drank uh, when I when I turned 21. He 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 turned me on to a nice sour, uh, which I drank as my first legal beer uh, at downtown Iowa City. I love that. And uh, it was the what's the bar the the pizza arcade bar? What's that one called? You know, Forbidden Planet? Is that what it's called? Oh, uh, I. I know what you're t- in Forbidden Planet. I feel like that's the Toy Story one. I know what you're, ta- I know what you're talking about, but I never like. Wh- I, I I was like around there a lot, but I think I only went in there like once or twice. Yeah, I, I never I, even actually gone in. It was kind of like by Fab. I mean, not really by Fabos, but kind of ish, sort it of. It was. It was over there in that area. Yeah. Um. It was. Oh, there is a Forbidden Planet that is in Iowa City, but it is. Called it says it's a bookstore. It does not say yeah, that it is I think a bar. It's actually, I think it's a comic book store. Well, that reminds me of Mark too. So you know, it all it all connect it all connects. It all um, comes back to Saladino. It all comes back to Saladino. So you know what? This episode is brought to you by Mark Saladino. Pour one out for Mark. Uh, inspiring beers across across the both of our lives. So love to see it. I'm just drinking a nice Stella. You know, I had a. Had a long day today, a day of change, so I wanted something that was kind of familiar and something that was nice. And, you know, Stella's always Stella's always had my heart. You know, Stella's always been nice to me, never never, never Stella's, done me wrong. Stella's one of my favorite just, like, go-to standard. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Stella and Blue Moon, for me, I think, are probably the two that I, that I most frequently... You do. I, I'm pretty sure, I, like... 93% of the time you order a beer and I'm with you, it's a blue moon. That's true. I I I would <laughs> I've crushed I, the numbers on that. I would take the over on that, to be completely honest. <laughs> I think it's probably more. At least probably the first closer. one is usually a blue moon. Oh yeah. Like, first one is always just, a blue moon. It's just a gateway beer. I just I feel it, better after it. Really it really is. And it's good. So I'm not gonna feel bad about it, you know? I'm gonna That I'm used gonna to always be it. my go-to, and then I think maybe I just Maybe I had too much go-to of it, I, but I still enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No. I mean, I would be mad at you if you didn't, if you just like start not, shit talking. Blue bad moon. Ma- yeah. I'm not bad mouthing <laughs> Blue Moon here. Blue Moon. We're not bad mouthing you. Sponsor us. We love you so much. All right. Well, let's get into the sports talk. Uh, a rough week for legendary quarterbacks, if, if, we, if we can say so. One that used to play for my team, one that still plays for your team. Uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers getting embarrassed by the Washington Commanders. 
and Mr. Tom Brady getting embarrassed by a Carolina Panthers team that is frankly selling all of their parts like a like they just stole the car. So it's <laughs> it, <laughs> like truthfully just trying it's to get rid of chop, anything chop that is that is yeah it's a chop shop over there. Just trying to get rid of anything that's noticeable. Probably will still do here. So before the trade deadline, and and my question for you to kind of tune the band up here is uh, who's in more trouble after Sunday's uh, losses? Really surprising losses, despite how bad these teams are both doing. I I want to. I mean, I I don't know if me saying the Buccaneers is me being a Packers fan or if it's me being actually unbiased and giving a legitimate answer to this, but I, I kind of think it's the Buccaneers. I, like, I guess I don't really know what the answer is for the Packers because the Packers are not like playing well, but it, it kind of feels like with the Packers that they just like aren't locked in. Like it just like, but I, I, I'm saying, I'm, I'm going to say Tampa Bay just because I, it, it feels so much more unexpected. Like this isn't how I expected the Packers to struggle, and I certainly didn't expect them to, you know, lose three straight games to the Giants, Jets, and the Commanders. Um, albeit the Giants and Jets might be better than you know we thought they were. Um, I still, you know, not a great losing streak that they're on. Um, but I guess like early season wise, if you told me that the Packers in general were like three and four and kind of struggling to figure things out, it wouldn't have, like, totally shocked me. With the Buccaneers, it does. And um, with them, it just kind of feels like now almost of just like, all right, how much longer is Tom going to do do that? Like, I, I kind of feel like their season is over just with everything that's going on with him and, and with how they're playing. Uh, it just doesn't seem like things can, can really – turn around there. So I feel like, I think I, I'm not sure what the answer is for the Packers, but I think the Packers, there's more of an avenue to salvage the season. I'm just, I'm not really sure I see it for the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I here I'll, I'll defend you from like the Homer accusation. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's Brady because you have to think about it, right? Like you look at the two quarterbacks and you ask who's going to turn it around. Hard to say because Rogers is still blaming everybody else. And Brady has a lot going on in his life. You know, they're probably not going to play any, like, monumentally better than they're playing right now. So that's probably the same, right? Defenses, both defenses doing more poor than you expected them to. Hard to say whether those will turn around. Maybe, maybe not. So let's say those are equal too, right? But you look here, and receivers, yeah, the Bucks have the advantage in receivers, but there's just so much going on that those receivers aren't making an impact. Those receivers are always injured. Mike Evans has... As good as Mike Evans is, he's he's older. And you saw with that drop, he's not perfect either. You know, he's still he's still got some stuff to 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 work through. He's always getting injured. Godwin is still coming back from that injury. They have nobody past that. And uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has these young receivers. Maybe they pick it up, maybe they don't. So then for me, you have to look at the run game. Leonard Fournette has has not been able to do anything in the run game. Leonard Fournette was such a big part of Brady being able to have the time to find those receivers to, to kind of be in the pocket and not feel so pressured. And, and Leonard Fournette is not having any running room anymore. So that is not something that's going to turn around in a, in a, in a week for the bucks in order to kind of be successful. But the Packers, not only do they have a running game that can turn around, they have a running game that is great right now. 
They really do. Aaron Jones is doing fantastic out of the backfield. And I really think if Matt LaFleur just like looks at A.J. Dillon a little more and has him have more like 15, 16 carries a game, that will open things up. Just have them both in the backfield on most of the possessions and you should be good. And so for me, I think there's just what you said is they're more of an avenue. For me, it's just that there is a side of the ball that is easily more capitalized on in one of these situations. And it's and it's the Packers with their run game. And, you know, people point to like, well, you know, the Bucks could win the NFC South because it's so bad, whereas the NFC North <clears throat> is so much better. First of all, no, it's not. Like the Lions are terrible, regardless of what you want to tell me about their big scoring games. The Bears, yeah, they beat the Patriots, but they they're a one trick pony, and 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 that's just what they are right now. They still have a lot of things to figure out. And the Vikings are good, yeah. The Vikings are great, and and definitely that is why people say that is like, oh well, they're not going to beat the Vikings out, and fair enough. But it just feels to me like you know, why are we saying that their division is easier when they're getting slapped by the worst team in their division last week? You know, they're getting slapped by the Panthers who supposedly make their division so, so much uh, easier than, than the Packers. So that's not really a good um, comparison for me. So I really just look at it as neither of these teams are winning their division. I don't care that the Bucks are tied for first. They're not going to win their division. Well, and even if the even if the Bucks win the division, like we're not really asking a like I have which one of these teams can make the playoffs, which of these teams can win their division or whatever. It's like which one of these neither of these teams care about just making the playoffs or just winning the, their divisions. It's Super Bowl or bust for both of these teams when you have quarterbacks at the ages that they are. So it's like which one of these teams has a better chance at, at winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, I guess the Bucks, you could argue the Bucks have a better chance because they have a better chance of making the playoffs being in a weaker division. But like, I don't think, I don't think we're gonna look at them stumbling into the like if they stumble into the playoffs just by like barely winning the NFC South. I don't think any of us are gonna. Even then, I don't think we're gonna be like, oh yeah, Brady's gonna turn it on. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you look. You also look like right now the trade deadline's happening, right? And there's some names out there that can still help a lot of people. I'm gonna bring up OBJ for example. If OBJ goes to the Bucks, it doesn't change anything for me. They already have good receivers. Their team still has to change, like has to play better simply. And you can't just assume someone's going to play better all of a sudden. Whereas if he went to the Packers, I think that would change a lot of things. So that right there tells me that it's worse for the Bucks than it is for the Packers because I see an addition like OBJ could turn around a season for someone like the Packers, but I don't see that for the Bucks because they're just playing badly on so many different fronts and it has nothing to do with the lack of personnel around them. You know, it has everything to do with players not stepping up, the defense not playing as well, the offensive line, you know, just maybe, I mean, maybe that is a deficit there because they have so many injuries on the offensive line, fine. But, uh, you know, and I, and I think that Brady's distraction with his personal life, which is very warranted, and I, and I don't, you know, blame him for that, I think it's more of a hindrance to him than Roger's general apathy and refusal to take any account for his actions yeah. to Roger. Because Rogers, that's who he Rogers always used been. to. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been doing that his entire career, basically. So right. that's just right. par for the course. That is just par for the course. Well, I mean, we'll see because it's going to be really interesting. After this year, I don't foresee us, you know, unless I think big changes ever considering these two teams with these two quarterbacks at the top of our Super Bowl contenders anymore, which is different which is going to be different uh, for both of us to feel. And, uh, you know, things can still change. We're only going into week eight, obviously, like still half the season to go. 
lots of injuries that can happen, lots of turning around. But for now, I agree with you. It does look like the Bucks are in a little bit worse of a spot. All right, let's go to the NFL and Monday Night Football because uh, I I I just watched my team uh, through the highs and the lows of Monday Night Football. Really, I I was nervous because I was like, okay, they're going to start Mac. You know, he hasn't played. I think they're bringing him back too fast. Bailey Zappi's been so good. You know, I talked about it a little bit uh, last week already. Bailey Zappi being good, and you know, Mac goes out Dude, there. We both were loving on Zappi. We both zappy hour, zappy hour. That's what I'm saying. It's zappy hour. And, you know, Mac Jones goes out there two, three and outs. I, I've never seen the Patriots fan base so abhorrent against their own player. Like, granted, like Boston fans in general bad against other other fan base is fine. But, like, against their own player, I've never seen them turn so fast, especially one that took them to the playoffs when they did not deserve to be there last year. And, you know, Bailey Zappi comes out, leads two quick drives, Everyone's like it's the turn of the tide, and then for the rest of the game, he looks like Mitch Trubisky. So it's it's just really, it, it was a really high and low. I thought we we're going to. Whoa! Why would you just throw in Mitch Trubisky under the bus? Uh, because I had to think of someone who just looks a little pathetic, and that for me, that's, oh man, harsh. That's Mitch Trubisky that's, to me. Mm, Poor guy. Probably fair. Probably. Probably fair. probably fair. I mean, I didn't say that. I don't feel bad saying that. I feel like that's par for the course a little bit for Mitch. I'm not saying it. it's not fair. Let me let me rephrase that. It's not fair, but it, it is true. So that's that's just uh, where we're going to leave that. But Justin Fields yeah. looked fantastic. Justin Fields looked fantastic. Um, and and my question for you is: Was Monday night's surprise because people were picking the Patriots like crazy? Was Monday night's surprise more that Justin Fields has like finally turned this corner in his game, or was it that the Patriots were just you know, that bad, their quarterback, their defense, all of that. Yeah. I mean, I think there, it has, pardon me, has to be a little bit of of credit given to Fields. I felt like he like played a very like open game. He he let the game come to him, used his feet, like didn't, sometimes I think those guys that can do more than just the, like what the normal quarterback position has to do. Sometimes when they come to the NFL and and it's because they're, I mean, like, I guess they're, they're, there's a fairness to them wanting to play a traditional way, as we've seen with Lamar. People still doubt him, even though he's an MVP. Um, but I think when you're a guy like Justin Fields, like you, you, it's it's foolish not to use that athleticism. It's it's foolish not to use that ability to make plays last longer and and make a little magic out of something when when you when you have those uh, kind of that speed and and quickness that he has. Um, but I, I mean, I think a lot of this was just like. Mac Jones is still young, and even Zappy is still young. Like these guys are still really young quarterbacks. The Bears' defense played really, really well. Um, I, I don't like. I don't think there's any like major, major telling of anything from this game. Uh, I, like I think Fields, yes, start start using your mobility, start using those special kind of attributes that you have to let yourself, you know, make the like make the game easier on yourself by doing that sort of thing. Um, but I don't like. I don't think it's a huge knock against Jones or Zappy either. Like, not a great game for them, but Bears defense played well. They, they made plays. Um, and, and the Bears, I, I thought the Bears' offensive game plan was, like, smartly called uh, in the way they use, like, both their – using Montgomery, using Khalil, Herbert, obviously already mentioned, you know, Fields in, in the running game. Um, but, yeah. I love that about Matt. Matt is the our resident pragmatist always. 
Like, I'll be like, is the world falling apart? He goes, no, it's not. Obviously, it's one week. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Like, probably not. Like, I, the whole, you know, it's, it's, it's really endearing because Matt's always like, this sucks, but like, it's, it, nothing really can be decided. You know, come on, let's lay off the young guys, right? Let's lay off of them. Uh, yeah. Everybody on ESPN is like, bench him, bench him for good. He's done. He's done. Uh, you know, and I, I, I sit somewhere in the middle. I like to overreact, but I, I, I do take some, I do take some pleasure from a pragmatist like Matt. Um, I, I think this game more than anything, I think that there, there is one thing to take from this game and it's that, you know, I think the, the bears offensive staff and their team in general is finding out how to make the game plan fit Justin Fields a little better you know, and I think that all those design runs that it showed that, you know, and it was always going to take some time because this offensive uh, coordination team, they're not the ones that drafted him. You know, it's not the ones that wanted him there. So I'm not saying they don't want him, but it's just like not the same team that knew what to do going into it. Not that last year they knew what to do. They didn't know what anything to do, but, but it was always going to take some time to figure out what do we want to do? What do we have? And especially with a team like the Bears, who expected nothing really from, I'm sure it was hard to be like, okay, well, do we just run fields into the ground if, to win the game and and to decide that? And they weren't even sure if that was really going to help anything or just put him in harm's way. And it shows in this way that he can do that. He can kind of be this, you know, I don't want to, you know, heap too much praise after one game where he didn't really like throw all that much, but this Lamar Jackson-like player where it's like, you know, you have to have your defense almost like on on their on their uh, heels all the time because he's just going to rip you for 25 yards at a time. So I think that the the Bears had a really good offensive game plan, which is something that I would not, will not have said ever, <laughs> like the last three years. So I think that's that's something to take. Um, for real, that was probably the most surprising part. It's like, oh, that was actually like a thought out game, like what good game plan, put their quarterback in you know the right position. Right. I mean, I think that's better to take out of this game for the Bears. Like, if we just said, wow, Justin Fields played out of his mind on his own, we would be like, well, how often can he do that before he kills himself? I think it's better that we're saying for the Bears, oh, you know, their offense really knows what they're doing and putting Justin in a position to succeed. That's what you want. That's how you get good quarterbacks um, when you put them in positions to succeed. So you're seeing it with Dan and Jones, and I think you're seeing with Justin Fields, you know, these offenses kind of turning it around where once these quarterbacks were questioned, now they're kind of being able to shine. Um, what do you think about the Belichick move to bench Mac Jones after two drives? Like, what What do you, do you think that was like, a, I mean, you know, either or. I know Bailey Zappi went out there and then he sucked. and But I, I kind of was taken back by it a little bit. I, I thought that's, at least let him play a half, like, People go three and out all the time, and yeah, he made a bad interception. Don't get me wrong, right? But but uh, I I do think I don't think he played so poorly. He had the running on the ground before they benched him too. I don't think that he played so poorly that he deserved that necessarily. And for someone who I feel like never caves to pressure from the outside, it felt like Belichick's heard him getting booed and put Bailey Zappi out there, and it felt like a little weird. For real, yeah, it, it felt very, it felt far more reactionary of Belichick than we're than we're used to seeing. Not that he's not, you know, cutthroat. I think we even talked about it last week about how cutthroat he is about like, yo, whoever's gonna give us the best, you know, 
ability to win that's who's going to play no matter their position no matter who they are but it felt it did feel quick and if it was one of those things where he was just like i guess maybe it, he he saw him it was just like okay he's just not ready like i can tell that i've put him in here too quick but even then it's kind of like well then why did you play him at all i, I know that's harder to gauge if somebody's ready for a game until they're in the game action but it wasn't like he was like that atrocious um and then yeah zappy came in and like immediately was fantastic like it looked at first it looked like it was like oh my god like belichick this is a master stroke not only in this game but just like for the patriots franchise and then even he you know cooled down a little bit and and that's gonna happen too i mean like the thing with whenever you have like kind of a new guy like that not not to take anything away from him but there are there is no tape on on him he's it's there is a little bit of an advantage to him as being uh, an unknown commodity and the more he plays he's going to become more and more known yeah i mean that's fair i also i mean i was texting i'll read the text to my brother that i had that that night um and pardon my language because some of them are um not great um so the, the texts are, I was, he's like, Mac, Mac might have just lost his job. And then I, very like podcast light, said, it's a complicated situation. He might be fine because it is his first game back, but he definitely gave Zappy a chance to take it back. If he comes in and they crush the Bears, oof. And then my brother was like, yeah, Belichick's going to start whoever he thinks will get them a better chance. Right? And then Zappy came in and I said, oh shit. Oh my God. Like, oh, I take it back. <clears throat> Mac is done. What a drive. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Ramondre. Literally, that's uh that was that's how my that's how the beginning of that night went. I was I, I thought I thought this is the some coming of something, but uh but as as reality always sets in, it's never that easy. So, you know, I definitely think um you know we know that Mac's gonna be the starter Sunday, and I think that, you know, he deserves to be because I think after the benching he's handled all of the of situational stuff admirably. I think he handled it exactly how he needed to. And, you know, I, I think he's a smart guy, knows how to learn from his mistakes. And I'm still not sold that, like, you know, just making a switch here would be the right move for the Patriots. I think starting Mac and seeing what happens against the Jets is the right move. And, yeah, I just hope that, you know, maybe with a depleted Jets team now losing Brees Hall and Aloe Vera Tucker – you know, maybe there's a chance they can get it on. Doesn't look great because the Jets are good and the Patriots are uh, on a short week. But uh, you know, we can both dream that our teams are going to play better, and that is the good thing about sports. Amen to that. I suppose hey. that's why we. I suppose that's why we watch the games, right? That is exactly hey, why we. Maybe, maybe they won't break our hearts this time. Just maybe. Right. There's that famous. Um, when Scotland went to the World Cup, they had that theme song. Their theme song for the World Cup was um, Don't Come Home Too Soon. <laughs> Which That's I think is hilarious. Yeah. It's like this, it was like this indie pop song almost. That's and, true. Uh, everyone listened to it. It's really sad, but really funny. Uh, basically, they're like, I know our team's not great, but just don't come home too soon. Please. Oh, please. Stay there. Stay there as long as possible. Come on. Come on. All right. Well, we already mentioned Daniel Jones uh, and how he's been playing better. I mean, really looks, you know, had so much yardage on the ground, played well and mistake-free football in the air. And the Giants are, are 
doing really, really well. You know, they only have one loss. And uh, my question for you is, how long do you think they keep the streak up? You know, they play the next three games, I'll remind you, are against the Seahawks, the Texans, the Lions, and then Thanksgiving they play the Cowboys, which should be a fantastic game. So what do you see for the Giants in these next uh, four games? Uh, I mean, I, the thing with them is, is, and it's not, not to take anything away from them or Daniel Jones, they're certain, like, I, I think they are, they've shown they're at least a playoff caliber team, um, or at least playoff race caliber team. Um, but they, they play dangerously in all their games, you know, like they're, they're not in, anyone that's really blowing anybody out. Like they're, they're winning their games. They're winning them impressively and showing a lot of like resolve and stuff. But it also means that over the next four games, like they could go zero and four. I don't think they're going to. Um, but like from what we've seen, I, I, like I wouldn't be massively shocked if the Lions pulled out. And the Seahawks have obviously been. I mean, I was gonna say maybe the surprise of the season, but I guess that would maybe that'd probably be the job. I don't know. God, that's a tough one. The Seahawks has me shocked. Um, but they're legit, and and we know the Cowboys will be ready for them. So I like they're not gonna keep this sort of record. Like I, like, I don't think they're going to finish 14 and three, 13 and four. Like, I, I think it's going to be more of a sub 500 record the, the rest of the way. And I say that not entirely knowing their schedule. Um, but I, I think they put themselves in a good enough position and have shown they can win close games um, where they, they're going to be in the playoff race. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they got six wins right now. I think that definitely puts them in the playoff race, regardless of what happens kind of here, unless they really like, you lose. can get like 10 wins. You got to feel pretty solid. Right. Like, I mean, really, like they got to go. What? So four, four, and eight or no, four and four and six, four and six. six. Yeah. Four and yeah. six. And that's, and that would be, you know, they still get to play the commanders. Sub 500. They still get to play the commanders twice. So they should win two games right there. And, and past that, they just need to beat the Lions and the Texans really in these next three weeks. Um, yeah, I think they're definitely in the playoff race. I agree. I am not ready. Like Saquon Barkley is playing well. Brian Dayball deserves coach of the year um, consideration for sure. However, like you're right. Like they have been winning by the skin of their teeth a lot of these times. How many fourth quarter comebacks do the Giants have? They're outscoring. I heard the other day they're like outscored in the first three quarters, like by a little margin and outscoring their opponents by 40 plus points in the fourth quarter. Like they've had a lot of great fourth quarter comebacks, but as we know from teams who do that a lot, it doesn't always last. And even if it doesn't bite them in the butt in the regular season, I, I don't see that being the case against a team that is also good at that. Like the chiefs, like the bills, like this, you know, and that they're both in the AFC, but even, um, you know, like like the Eagles or the Cowboys and stuff like that. You know, those are teams that can also perform in the fourth quarter. And so we'll just, you know, kind of see how it keeps going. I think they probably lose to the Seahawks next week because I agree if there's one thing that's more surprising than the Giants doing well, it's that Geno Smith, like, has made Seattle completely forget Russell Wilson ever existed and is just doing so, so well. And, like, yeah, DK Metcalf's a little banged up. That's not great. But doesn't matter because they have the second coming of Marshawn Lynch now too with Kenneth Walker the third, yeah. and and it's just looking all up. And they got a lot of good um, young guys on that defense, kind of looking to re- rebuild some of that defensive legacy. So I think the Seahawks is a perfect storm for them to lose. I really don't think that they're going to keep going. If they do, if they go and and beat Seattle 
and 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 you know and not be like bogus a bogus win or something like that if no one gets injured or something like that i i changed my tune completely because that's this is like a very hallmark game for me for them um so i'm looking forward to it i think they beat the texans and lions after that and then i think they set up a really really good matchup with the cowboys on thanksgiving i mean that really could decide things both for those two teams and for the eagles in terms of the playoff race you know because you have three playoff teams in that division which is what what is this world that we're saying that about the NFC East, that it's like the three best teams in the NFC are basically <laughs> in the same division. Uh, and it's the NFC East. At least record-wise. At least record-wise. Yeah. All the all the Giants fans love saying that. Like, we got the three best. I'm like, are they really the three best teams in the NFC? Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, one of those teams is definitely for real. The other two, jury's still out. You know, still got to figure some stuff out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Daniel Jones can avoid injury this year, I think he's the quarterback of the future. What about you? I'm sold on him enough, especially yeah. like with this, like I think with like Brian Dayball and with this offense, he's shown he's really impressed me with like what he can do with his legs um, and, and getting making plays there. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I think in, I mean, we we talk so much about like needing to have like a top top quarterback. And he's, I don't think he's there yet, but he's shown, like, I feel like he, he can get there. We've seen, we saw like the leaps that Josh Allen made under the, the tutelage of Dable. Like, may, like maybe there's more, more to come from Jones. And I think he's shown us enough where like, you at least could be like, yeah, he, he, he could do this. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think you have to give him the thumbs up right now. Right. Like at six and one, he's making plays. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give you a comparison here. Does Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones in like three years, because it's going to take a little time to mold him and, and see what happens, but Daniel Jones in three years, let's say more Jimmy Garoppolo or more Josh Allen. Ooh, I'm going to go more Josh Allen. Oh, I, think like, I think he, I think he just like, I think he makes more like he's shown me enough. Like he makes winning plays that, win his team the, at least this season like he that he like he goes and wins his team the game i don't i have i don't know if i've ever seen that from jimmy g i don't know if we've ever said jimmy g went and won the game for his team um so yeah matt you're speaking controversially and you're speaking right let me tell you you're speaking right when i saw daniel jones in his last run i think it was like a 10 yard run in that last game he got up and like did this <clears throat> nice little fist pump i saw josh allen there that kind of Put I'll put the team on my back with my legs or whatever I got left, and uh, we'll see what happens here. And, and if you remember, Josh Allen was nothing special coming out of coming out of college either. Obviously, he was special. He's an NFL player. Everyone, calm down. But like, I, what I'm saying is like he had a he lot of development. Look, yeah, like I mean, he was supposed to be great, and at the start, it was kind of like, uh, maybe not. Right, and I think definitely you have Brian Dable there a couple of years, and you get better weapons around him they definitely need receivers um wandale robinson looks good everybody else looks like they can't they can only hop on one leg uh but i think that daniel jones definitely has a chance here and uh again what is this season that we're saying that that daniel jones is the quarterback of the yeah season? I, and that's and that's a great point too like think about who daniel jones has to throw the ball to like yes he has saquon he has the best running back this uh, this year uh but like <laughs> It ain't like he's got some great receiving core. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, he he has Sterling Shepard, who has one leg, if I remember, and he has Darius Slayton, who has the other leg. So 
I really, I really don't see Combine it. Buying them, you got one receiver. You got one receiver, and they also can't stop dropping the ball. So he, it's rough times out there for him. Uh, but you know, he's got a good running back, and we'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to have to decide what to pay whoever, and and that's going to be something that needs to get decided. But I think you know that team is good there and has has a chance to be great. Um, another team that has a chance to be great because, well, they were great last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, they had a rough start to this season, and and people were questioning them. We questioned them. We had a question, who's more likely to make it to the Super Bowl, Bengals or Rams? And uh, that's kind of where they were. But they showed out last week. They really looked vintage, Burrow, Jamar. You know, if you had Jamar on your team, you probably won your, your, your game. If you had Burrow, same thing in fantasy. So um, are you ready to, you know, change your toot on it? Are they a Super Bowl contender again? I mean, I think that I think they always were a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I think in that in that question, I, I think I I remember going Rams and I think I went Rams more so because I still don't think the Bengals are as good as the Bills or the Chiefs. Um, I, I think they, they obviously they can beat them. But like even the Bengals of last year, it wasn't. They weren't the number one seed. They weren't 17 and up. They didn't fly through everybody. Like it was a team that that had issues. Um, and those issues weren't completely resolved in the offseason either. So uh, it, it was a bit of a surprise to see their struggles like right at the start, just because of how well they finished the season. You're kind of like, oh, well, they should take that momentum. But it's it's a team that I think has always been um been still a Super Bowl contender, and I think now at least you, you say, okay, well, they are the third best team in uh, in the AFC. Okay, so you say Bills, Chiefs, and then Bengals. Mm-hmm. That's fair. No, I, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I definitely think they're a Super Bowl contender. You know, their division, you look at it, the Browns and Steelers aren't great. I mean, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to talk about it, but, you know, the Browns get Deshaun Watson. I'm sure, I suppose that puts people in a precarious position when that happens but for now we'll, we'll just pretend that isn't happening and the Steelers you know they're in a rebuild with with Kenny Pickett figuring things out the Ravens are also still figuring things out a little bit it feels like they're up and yes. down and um Lamar wishes he took that money before the season let me tell you that let me tell you that because uh we'll see what happens but unless he has a huge turnaround personally it might not be uh great but uh yeah I think that uh their division is good and they're tied for the lead right now. So, you know, the AFC North is there to be won. And past that, they've already shown they can beat Mahomes and, 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 and you know, that Chiefs company. So they just need to stay healthy on the offense. Use Mixon more, in my opinion, probably. Um, and I definitely think that makes you a Super Bowl contender if you've already shown that you can beat those teams. They're definitely not better than those two teams, but uh, they got a shot. So I agree. Overreaction. Bengals are back. Rejoice, Cincinnati. Who knows? Who knows if the Cincinnati, like the thing Cincinnati also needs to um, hope that happens from this year is that they don't have to play the Bills and the Chiefs. Like the fact that that they were able to go to the AFC Championship with one of with those two teams playing each other beforehand was pretty advantageous. I'm not sure they're going to get that lucky again. No, I mean that's a great point. It's. Uh... <laughs> It was a lucky path, I will say that. So they, they had to play the Titans, right, I believe? And the Titans were like the worst one seed in the freaking world. So um, I, I definitely I think, think... I think you I think you could say that about the AFC playoffs the last like three years with the Titans. Yeah, they're just they're, like... Yeah, the Titans were the top seed, but not really, right? They were like the fifth best team in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they're that one seed that never had a shot. 
Yeah, so I definitely think the Bengals are on the right trajectory. As I said, always lies. Last I questioned them like last week, but you know it's whatever. We still got um, questions. We still got questions about them. You know, that's true. As I said, we, there was questions about. I mean, like there, there was a reason they were the four C or you know whatever they were last year. So, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bruin Company make it there again. I mean, I would be surprised because the Bills look great. But you know, would it be the biggest shock in the world? No, unlike the Seahawks, which are the real biggest shock. So, Matt, how far can the Seahawks go given Geno Smith's play and the emergence of Kenneth Walker the third, a.k.a. Marshawn Lynch, reincarnate 2.0? I mean, like right now, the way they're they're playing on, you know, both sides of the ball, like really like playing complete football. As you said, like DK Metcalf hasn't even been healthy, like – the one thing this this year we kind of thought with Seattle, like, well, at least there'll be some fun plays with DK Metcalf just, like, absolutely bossing people. Uh, but instead, we've had no DK, and they've just played really, really good football. Pete Carroll has thrown himself in that coach of the year uh, conversation. And the way, like, it's not that I don't believe in the Eagles, but, like, I, I don't think the Eagles as a 6-0 team are, like, the most – like the Bills scare me far more than the Eagles. I like the the way the Seahawks are playing, the way the NFC is playing out. I think they have a legitimate chance to win the NFC. Wow, the whole the whole thing. I, like I, I don't like I'm not pick like I'm not gonna pick them, but there's nobody in the NFC that I look at who I think, from what I've like through just the product on the field from these first seven weeks, that looks. So so much better to me than that. Like I, because like I think they can win their division, especially the way the rest of their division is playing. Um, which you know obviously gives you a top four seed. Um, and then like I, obviously the Packers don't look that good. The Buccaneers don't look that good. Uh, the Eagles. The, we, we have questions about the Cowboys and Giants. Like the Eagles are the one team we're kind of like, yeah, they they seem like a legitimate thing in the NFC so then you're like all right who's the second one and it kind of feels like the Seahawks so I, I think I've got to give them uh, a NFC cont- like true title contender I love that I mean I definitely think they'll be in the playoffs and they'll contend for the NFC West that's I'll definitely give them that I mean let's let you look at the NFC West teams they have a better quarterback than the 49ers and the Rams currently like play wise I'm not saying history wise but play wise They've got a better running back than the Rams or the Cardinals. You know, I won't give it because Christian McCaffrey obviously went to the 49ers. That changes things up. But, you know, currently, you know, they got the second best running back, starting running back. And uh, they have star receivers, Tyler Lockett, a vet. DK Metcalf, if he isn't out too long. The defense has these young stars that will continue to grow. You know, I think they'll go to the playoffs. Let's. I'm gonna. You know, I'll say it. They're gonna win the NFC West. They're gonna go to the playoffs. They're gonna beat one team, and then they'll face someone they'll lose to. You know, I still think they're not. You know, complete. That's why they're not kind of like the same like six and one team we're talking about with the Giants. They got a, a couple losses there more, but I agree. There's there's every hope in the world that they can really like go out there and keep doing it. And and for Geno Smith. I've never seen someone change his career trajectory like Geno Smith has this year. I mean, really, when's the last time you saw someone that was the laughing stock of 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 the quarterback room <laughs> to like full on baller with his own like personal slogan? I mean, 
if the Seahawks went on to wait to go to the Super Bowl, like let's say the Seahawks go on to go to the Super Bowl, this is a documentary. Geno yeah. Smith, the doc I watched that documentary from his time with the Jets and the Giants all the way to getting the Seahawks, being like, Oh, Drew Locke is better than him. Why would you start Geno? Well, Drew Locke's injured, you gotta start Geno. To him saying they wrote me off, so I didn't write back. I mean, come on. That is a doc. I will work on it now. I'll start right now. And they, I mean, was written off from the right, like, legitimately, Gino. Like, legitimately, you yeah. But he has been – I mean, I, I think you could say he's been the, the best quarterback in the NFC West this year. I, th- I think he's been better than Kyler as well. Like, he's been phenomenal this year. Um, and if you're talking actually, like, if we're really just saying, like, NFC quarterback play, like – Probably the again, like the second or third. I, I maybe you put do, do you put Dan, actually? No, I'd probably say second. I think he's been better than Daniel Jones. I'll give Jalen Hurts the nod, otherwise, like I, maybe Cousins, but I'm not going to give Kirk Cousins a nod at any time. But he's been better than Rodgers, he's been better than Brady. Agreed. No, I mean, he's the second most. Here's what I'll say consistently good quarterback, he's the second best one for sure because. You, it, with Kyler, it's been all over the place at times, and with Kirk Cousins, he had a vintage, uh, he had a vintage primetime game where he did what Kirk Cousins always does. So you can't say Kirk Cousins gets either. to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and have Dallin Co- like his life's easy. His life's easy. He doesn't get it. That's Cousins' privilege right there. If I've ever heard it, cousin privilege. Truly, <laughs> that sounds like a. Mm, that sounds weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking about that one. Um, but yeah, the NFL looking uh, really interesting this year. I mean, we're talking about great teams, and here we are talking about the Giants and and the Seahawks, which we would never expect it going. And two teams that we thought were in free fall are just rising. So the NFL will continue to be good, and we'll continue to cover it. But for now, we go to some soccer news. Match day five officially over after today's action. The Champions! And, uh, you know, looking like we're finally getting our contenders together, seeing what's happening here. It looks like for me, after match day five, Matt, you know, you have three teams that are kind of the best contenders, right? Obviously, you got to put Real Madrid in there. They, they haven't performed the best in the Champions League, but, you know, they've been doing well in La Liga. They are the holders, so you put them there. They're still first in their group. And uh, you get Man City, who I think are the best team in, in the world right now. So you got to put them there. They've been performing. They got Erling Holland, and then I think you got to put Bayern Munich, who have the most points in the Champions League so far. Um, and unlike in the Bundesliga, have been absolutely ripping it. Beat Barcelona three zero today. They were already knocked out um, from the tournament, but you know, still showing that showing what they can do. Um, so who do you like as the favorites? Is it as simple as Man City is the best team, so they're going to win? Because as we know in the Champions League, that doesn't happen ever. But is it just that easy? Is Man City going to win it all? This, I mean, it, it, that's what we really have said, especially like last year. Is like, how are they not going to do it this year with Holland? Like, how are they not going to do it? Like, I just don't like. Because as you said, Bayern's been good in the Champions League, but we've seen their their weaknesses. Like Napoli's five and zero in the Champions League as well, but I I don't I'm not sure I'm gonna pick them to beat Manchester City. Um, I think honestly, like a two leg with Liverpool could be like 
of course they can lose, but man, to me, they seem like such the clear favorite. Um, unless I guess like PSG can have all their talent clicking like it can. Um, I like just talent wise and stuff. I just don't think there's anyone that gets close to them, even Real Madrid or Bayern. Yeah, and I mean, taking away the away goals situation from Champions League really, like, eliminates the chance for a team to just get lucky and beat a team, like, on away goals, like, just by playing defense. You really have to be better than a team over two legs. And Real Madrid obviously did it last year, but they it's just, you're. I think you're right, because it's just, like, even though we're always like, well, Man City's going to choke, Man City never had what they have right now. They never no had Erling team, Holland. Like, no just, team. Even Dortmund didn't have this Erling Holland. No. Like, even Dortmund didn't have this Erling Holland. And, uh, you know. Well, and we just, knew, and we knew, I mean, like, really, too, like, a lot of when, when they weren't succeeding, it was like, okay, if they're not going to, it's going to be because they don't have a striker. Like, they, they just don't have any really even traditional striker. And now they went and, like, have gotten – maybe the best striker in the world right now. So it's, right. it's like, oh, they didn't just answer the question by getting one. They got the best one. So it's uh, it's pretty terrifying. Right. It's the equivalent of like an NFL team going like, oh, we're one quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl and then it's like getting Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You know, like legitimately. <laughs> it's like, well, that'll do it. Oh, sweet. That'll yeah. change, that, we should be good. Luck. Right. We should be fine. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be that easy. And, uh, you know, there are teams that will challenge and I'm not saying Man City's going to go out there and route everybody in the playoffs, but I think they're just going to be too much, um, on, on that offensive side of the ball to really lose over two legs. And if they do, if they do not win again this year, (laughs) you know, uh, I really, unless Unless it's in the final, because the final is off limits, really. Like, the final, I'm not going to make any kind of remark about, because it's just anything can happen. You have an injury that happens in the finals, like with Salah, you know, or you have, just anything can happen. Right. Um, You know, the Liverpool keeper losing, losing every ability to play keeper in that Champions League final. We both watched it together. Like, things just happen. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And so if they get to the final, I won't consider it. But if they, like last year, just don't even make it there, despite having the clear, even if PSG played, I mean, no, because PSG, you're right, does have that talent up front with them, Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, so fair. But besides them, there is just no one that's even close to me. Like I love Bayern Munich, but I would I would trade anybody for some people that are up there. Like I love Ke- Joshua Kimmich. I will give him away in a heartbeat for Kevin De Bruyne. Like that's not even it's not even a question. Sorry, so, sorry, Josh. Uh, so, sorry, Josh. I love you. You're, you're the it's truly nothing personal. It's truly just a generational midfielder that is that is that is the yo the Johan Cruyff right now of our generation um but yeah i i just think it, it it's it's got to be man city if you're picking a dark horse and i'm saying i am going to i'm going to define dark horse for you as not bayern munich real madrid or man city so any of the other teams are game because i think the other teams have a lot of questions so who do you see as a dark horse to win it all outside of those three teams 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like PSG would would kind of be an obvious answer there, um, and, and Liverpool, you could say as well. I, I already kind of mentioned Napoli, but I, I'm not a real believer in them making a, a big, big run. I kind of like Dortmund's chances. I, oh I, I just my like God, I love that. I, think, I love that. I think they're not. They're not. They're all, like. As shitty as we've seen Dortmund play at times, they're also still never going to be afraid of anybody. They're always going to play also with like a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And for being like a team that's like, oh, you're the little brother, they're always still routinely absurdly talented. Um, and they played well against Manchester City. They played well in, in, a, in a decently difficult group um, and and should be through. They're not like totally through, but they've got a nine-goal differential on, on Sevilla with three points ahead of them anyway. So... Should be through, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm saying Dortmund. I love that, and you know, you think about it. There's one thing that makes me pause on Dortmund, but actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it shouldn't be that big of an issue because Marco Royce will be back by the time the Champions League is in the playoffs. And actually, he might be so rested that he could go on a tear, especially after possibly missing the World Cup. So I, I really think that that is a good, and and you know, you the Champions League brings out stars. It brought out Erling Holland for example, into the fold. And you know who's a rising star is Jude Bellingham. Jude, I man. love Jude he's Bellingham. Looked, he looks good this year. And if there is one thing that I think would be so funny to happen is that the best British team gets knocked out by oh my a gosh, British starlet. I mean, can you imagine? I almost want it to happen. For him to be like, um, hey, I, do I know. I know <laughs> <laughs> almost about it for me. Of course, I of course, honestly, I don't care where the team is from. Uh, if they knock out Manchester City, I, I like them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would love if we're if we're just going there, Matt. I would love for Club Rouge to knock them out. Yeah. I think that'd be hilarious. Okay. Um, Club Rouge also looks great. I gotta yeah. say, Club Rouge Club looks Rouge. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they've already knocked out uh, Leverkusen and, and Atletico. So, yeah, I mean, they they're looking good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to count them out either, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that 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 Dortmund pick is good. I am going to go with Napoli. You know, it, it's a little more obvious of a choice because they've been playing so well. But they did beat out Liverpool and Ajax so far to that perfect record um, in their group. They're also performing domestically. You know, they're first in Syria. They've scored the most goals. They have yet to lose this season, um, which is you know kind of a hot hand situation. And they've got good players to back it up, players that are kind of emerging that we haven't really, like, given props to. So, And we will continue to kind of see that as the playoffs happen. You know, Victor Oziman looking so, so good. Star midfielder, also Frank Zambo and Gisa looking really, really good uh, on that Napoli team. And you have Spalletti just making them look kind of like, you know, one of the Napoli dominant teams of old and kind of doing it like the good Italian teams have in the past that have been in the Champions League, kind of by committee, versus having one star. And, you know, they have Chucky Lozano there as well, who can always kind of, you know, show up and change a game. So I definitely think Napoli is, is a dark horse, and I don't think any of these big teams want to see Napoli um, too early on, for sure. I, I definitely think that's something that we can say. Um, I mentioned earlier Barcelona's exit. Um, they were eliminated today, and uh, even before they got to play Bayern with one game to go. And and my question for you is that's the that has to be the biggest surprise of the Champions League, correct? Is 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 Barcelona, despite their blockbuster signings, getting out already? See, I I, I don't 
think it is. Um, okay. I mean, if, if we're going to just like go biggest surprise for me, it has to be Club Bruges. When you're talking about like them being in a group with Porto, Atletico, and Leverkusen, and they've already locked themselves in, in the you know next round and, and have a chance to win their group, that has to be the surprise for me. If Barcelona was in, and, and like obviously they haven't been great, maybe it's more their performance in the Champions League that's been a little surprising because it looked like they were finding their way in La Liga a little bit more. And obviously going, you know, one win, one draw, and three losses isn't great. But we knew Bayern, like, even with the signings, Bayern was still the better team. And I, I don't think it's that shocking that Inter was able to to best them, especially for with an Inter team that has had a little bit more stability than, than Barcelona has. So if it was a, a situation where, like, Barca had gotten knocked out by Bayern and Marseille, then, then I would be a little bit more shocked. But as soon as you, you have a team like Inter, I mean, Inter won Serie A two years ago. Um, and so anytime you have, you know, two teams in your group that have won a major uh, European league in the last, you know, year or two, hey, it's going to be a tough one. So. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. You, you do bring up good points. I still think Inter Milan is por- performing so poorly this year. But at the same time, you look at Bayern, they're not first in their group, in their in their domestic league either right now. So I guess you're right. Like, you know, any established team, even if they're not perfect across the season, can still show up and beat you on on a good day. So, you know, and Bayern just has shown that the Champions League is where they seem to thrive right now. And Inter Milan also playing better than they are domestically in the Champions League. So I still think for me, it's just like you put your, you put, I mean, I'm not surprised that Barcelona did this, but you put your club in, financial ruin to sign some of these guys and for you to not even make it to the next round you know i i uh i i almost feel a little bad for Lewandowski. i don't but i i almost do i uh, almost they started do. they started off the season like pretty high all the signings played you know kind of clicked pretty quickly so it's like oh yeah this thing's gonna like off and rolling but that's that's yeah. never how it how it always goes either you know Right, and they can still pick it up, win La Liga. That's still all in the in the cards for them. But you know what isn't in the cards? The Champions League, and that's just how it rolls, baby. Uh, another thing rolling is the World Series. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, the World Series uh, Game One is uh, on Friday, which uh, is the day that this is being released. So happy World Series Day to all of you listening to that. It is the Houston Astros. Against yeah. the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, a, a kind of weird matchup to say out loud, but it is the one we have. Uh, Astros sweeping the Yankees and Aaron Judge to get to the World Series. The Phillies knocking off the Padres, who knocked off the Dodgers uh, to get there. A lot of different storylines going into this one. Um, first of all, I got to ask you: Is anyone besides the Astros going for the Astros? Like, is that oh, that, hell that, no? No, right? Like you I mean, can't even, consider even yourself if they, a like, sports Even fan. at this point, too, like even if they didn't have the like kind of cheating sort of scandal around them that like makes all their success so lame, uh, even now, like unfortunately, they've been super dominant. Like so, I mean, they've won three of the last four AL pennants. Uh, luckily, they only have that one World Series back in 2017. But it's a team that like kind of is running running the the AL at least over these last few years so it's like yeah now nobody's cheering for them 
Yeah, I agree. I, I just wrote down in my notes, you better not. You better not. Yeah. Um, Maybe if they were still the I, Houston Colt 45s. But <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, that would change everything. those days are, are long gone. Right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this. Who do you think is going to win the World Series? What is your series prediction here? Dude, I'm going to go. I like I, Here's the thing. As much as we've seen the Astros kind of dominate the AL over these last few years and maybe have never looked so good in the playoffs, it seems like more and more just like the team with that mojo and everything wins more than, than anything else. And I feel like the Phillies have that going more so. Like the Nationals Astros series, the Nationals shouldn't have won that, but they just they had it going. So I'm going to go Phillies. The, the Astros pitching might in the end you know, get it done. They probably are. They, I mean, they are the better team. Um, they have a team with the second best record in the league against, you know, the team that had, I think like the second worst record in the playoffs. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Phillies. They got the mojo. I think Bryce Harper is going to get it done for them. Do you think the Phillies have to get it done early? Like you think they got to go like, in the I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Do you think they can, you think it'll probably go to seven then probably. But I don't, I don't know what it's going to go, but I don't think I like, I think, I think, I think you can rock the mojo through a seven game series. I, I do. Yeah. That's a lot of trust. I, I really do. I, I think the Astros are far, but the far better team. So I think they went in six. I, I, it's what you said. It's, it really has nothing to do with their, their hitting. It, it has everything to do with their bullpen. It's just so, so good. So I think it's going to be hard for the Phillies to hang with them. But I mean, what you mentioned him, you know, Bryce Harper, and uh, we have to talk about Bryce Harper's legacy if he wins. He's already got two MVPs, Rookie of the Year, seven-time All-Star, a home run derby champ, two silver sluggers. He was NLCS MVP. You know, how how does this change Bryce Harper's legacy if he's able to beat this Astros team with the Phillies? Because I think if the Phillies are to win, Bryce Harper's going to have to be the back on which the Phillies are carried. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where you, I mean, I I know as like just an objectional baseball people, you would say Mike Trout is the better player. But like if Harper goes and wins a World Series, I feel like he becomes the more like he, he wins in the battle of Brady versus Manning, like Brady got more – Peyton had a great career. We all think Peyton's a terrific quarterback, but Brady won. And, like, I feel like this would give Bryce that edge. Like, Mike still might be the better player, but Bryce has the edge then. Matt, this is why I love you. You read my freaking mind because we're always talking about what player, you know, we're in a new generation of players. What player do we remember in baseball from this generation? And, like, of course Mike Trout will be remembered. Let me just say that first and foremost. He is a phenomenal player, one of the best of all time for sure but you know it, it does beg the question who do we remember more and bryce harper has been just that good and he's played for as bad of teams you know he, he played so long with the nationals as well and i i think you know now he went to this phillies team that wasn't good and he was able to elevate them and i'm not saying it's mike trout's fault that he couldn't elevate that horrible horrible angels team but it is something we have to take into consideration. I mean, the fact the guy hasn't been in the playoffs I mean, it, is like kind of a knock, right? Like it, it is. Whether it's, it's fair or not, it's going to be. And like rings in themselves, I think for baseball players are far less important. Like when they talk about like the great baseball players, usually rings really isn't 
in the center of discussion like it is right. for for other sports especially like basketball um but you know never going to the playoffs is is this is a tough look you know if if Bryce Harper wins he's going to look at the angels and be like i'm going to leave so soon <laughs> i'm out of here i'm sorry mm. <laughs> what it's not fair <laughs> it's yeah. not fair the angels are committing crimes with mike trout but i am glad you think that because i i do agree I think Bryce Harper is on the way to the Hall of Fame with how his career is going, and I think oh, that's he's, when... he's locked that up. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's kind of like I mean, like much, he's kind of yeah. like the. I mean, like at this point too, like not to the extent because no athlete has ever had the pressure that LeBron had on him, but like he would be the baseball version to me of LeBron. Like he was, he was highly, highly touted coming out of of uh, yeah. high, high school, and he's basically lived up to it. Um, and then, you know, he's had some run like not has, has not always been loved by fans or the media, but, um, I think has has found his way now, especially here in Philly and I'll be cheering for him in the Phillies for sure. Me too. Well, that happens. Um, if you're listening to this live tonight, Friday, the first game, go Phillies from both of us. We move now to the NBA and a team that won't be competing for a championship um, is the LA Lakers. Oh, Yannick, that's not fair. It's so early. How could you say it? Well, come on. Let's, let's all just be a little honest here. Um, but, but let's, let's, let's entertain this for a second. The Lakers look horrible to start. Uh, is there, and, and you know more basketball than I do, Matt, if, if you, if you're tuning in for the podcast, Matt is the basketball guy. Matt knows so much more about, you know, not only the game and the rules of the game, but also just like the environment of the NBA and especially trading, I, I I feel sometimes that like trades can get done, and Matt's like, that's not going to happen because that's just like you know out of the realm. So I'm asking you, Matt, as the resident baseball person, uh, basketball personality, is there anything the Lakers can do to to make the playoffs here? Like, is there is there really is there a chance? Is there anything with a trade with Russell West? Is there anything? I'm not sure there is because like, where do you like? You're having trouble just like offloading Russell, let alone getting good pieces for him. And like, I'm looking through this roster and it's not good. It's not good. At, like, I mean, there's some fine pieces here. It is not even close to a, a championship or I think even a playoff roster. Like, you, you've got Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And then a bunch of just like kind of specific role players. And some of them are very, very good at the roles they play. Um, Patrick Beverly, obviously great at what he does, but like Patrick Beverly is also very limited in what his game does. Um, And so I just like, don't see this team, especially like how can you trust Anthony Davis to stay healthy? And LeBron's LeBron's getting up there. He is. So I, I, I don't see a way for them to really find their way to the playoffs, especially when you talk about an Eastern conference that is very, very good. Um, and, and will not be like, it's going to be a lot of teams. They're going to be the teams that are better than they like are like the Rockets, the Thunder and the Kings. Otherwise you're kind of like, ah, dude, I don't think you're better than anyone. They're probably better than the jazz, but they, probably the Spurs. But the ja- I mean, yeah, but I, I look at the Jazz and the Spurs, 
and I feel more confident about them than I do with the Lakers. I just, if I'm LeBron James, what am I playing this season for? I just don't understand. For me, it's like, let me just take a season off, wait till my son gets in the league, and then the Lakers can start to rebuild off of all the picks they'll get from trading me. Like, honestly, like, what else is there? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to beat Kareem's record, and then they're going to be like, what now? What now? We're like 6-23. and 23. Like, I don't really... I don't really. It's you gonna know, be like, mad. It's gonna be a long season for them. It, do they have a lot of picks? Is that something they have? Do they have a lot of? I, probably not, right? I I think I think not anymore. Right. I think I, thinking, I think with AD they like trick because because I was even thinking like if you're gonna get rid of Westbrook you like you'd almost have to pay the team a little something to take Westbrook especially like with the contract that he has. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know really even how, like, I don't think they can, no, actually, I know for a fact they can't just, like, cut him and eat that and use all that space. I, they're they're in a bad, bad way. And actually, right. they, pro- they probably even like some picks with the Russell trade, like. Probably, if I had to guess. I mean, I don't know the exact situation, but it sounds like you're saying exactly what I thought, which is they are stuck and, and there is nothing they can do. And I know that. That happens to teams, and you're like, well, you never know. No, they're they're just they're just stuck, and there's nothing they can do. And uh, even the other teams around them that need to make a trade, there's no one that wants to take anything from that team. They like, yeah, they, they've got better. I guess they got more picks than I thought, but I don't know. And I think they're still they're still somewhat hindered because like they, the Pelicans had the right to swap with them in 2023. 2024 is owned by the by the the Pelicans, but they have the right rights to receive the 2025 one instead of the 2024 one. The Pelicans do so, which I assume means that like the Lakers can't trade any, any, either of those if the Pelicans like have the ability to, you know, at future claim ownership of it. So like, yeah, they're they're not in a good way, and a yeah. lot of money and a lot of money committed to like. It's not like Westbrook is just hurting the team by not playing as well. Like if they're paying him a substantial amount of money. Yeah. Which Russell is making more money for bad play? Russell Westbrook or Russell Wilson? <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Because <laughs> Russell Westbrook's been like Russell Westbrook's been like bad, bad. And Westbrook is also the uh, second highest paid player. How high is Wilson's up there? I guess he's probably still up there, pretty high. Actually, they're both the second highest paid player. That's hilarious. Both of them are not. Neither of them are anywhere close to where they're getting paid. No, oh, that's what Russells do. Russells hustle. That's yeah, I'm learning here. Mr. Limited. Um, well, let's talk about the Jazz because you mentioned them. Um, the Jazz, you know, started the season three and one. They are they 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 started the season beating the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, and you know, there's good teams in the West. Um, you know, we think they're in the rebuild, but you know, they got Colin Sexton, Laurie Marketing's doing better since he got to Utah. You know, they got Jordan Clarkson. Is there something here that can kind of be like a like a play-in team to watch a little bit? Nah. <laughs> That was waiting. I was nah. trying to shut that down. <laughs> this, is, this is, you know, it's early season. As much as you don't get worried about a team, you know, losing their first few games, you also can't get too, you're like, uh, 
If, if we, and, you know, and honestly, if the Jazz go on to have a really good season, it won't be because they're three and one. But I mean, it's going to be a team that's going to like. It's one of those times again where like this is the why pro sports leagues are so impressive because even the shittiest team has a lot of, of good teams, and they actually do have good pieces. Like Clarkson can fill it up. They still have Mike Conley. I hope that they start playing poorly so that Mike Conley can get traded somewhere else. Um, but they got some. They got some good solid guys, and obviously you mentioned uh, Sexton and Markinen and. Um, but I, no, no, I, I agree. I mean, they're in rebuild for sure. They have a lot of trade pieces, so they could make a move. Like they really could. Um, especially with Colin Sexton and, and Jordan Clarkson. Those are two really good pieces. If for like a championship team to want, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. trade Clarkson. They, they could trade. I mean, that's an <clears throat> offense off the bench, man. Right. Like if you're looking for someone in the East to challenge the Bucks, you want a Clarkson on there. I think that that's like would be a great move for, you know, any team if they want to give up a lot of picks for a win now. And like the Jazz themselves, like they're already like, man, we've already gotten shit ton of picks from Donovan and from Rudy. Like we'll take more. Sure. Yeah. We'll give we'll give away Jordan. We'll give away Conley. Like they're they don't want to win. Like They're like, stop with this three and one shit, guys. Let, let's so like. Colin Sexton, we got you yeah. out of out of pure coincidence. It wasn't because we wanted you to be the favorite. Or it'll be just like perfect of like they'll be they'll play well. Like they'll do this three, you know, they'll play well enough where like these players look good, but then start struggling because the team isn't good enough, and then they'll be able to really sell them and get a nice little chunk. The jazz the jazz might just be playing chess on all of us. <laughs> They're playing chess. We're playing checkers. Russ is playing backgammon. All right, so <clears throat> Pelicans. You mentioned how good they were last week. They still look really good. Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram um, have health issues, but let's say they stay healthy. How good are the Pelicans in the West? Like, I want you to give me rating of teams in the West if Zion and Brandon Ingram stay healthy. Ooh, man, that's tough. I, I don't like – I don't put them up in the upper echelon of, of the West yet. I, I don't put them up in the contenders yet, um, even with – that team possibly being fully healthy. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they're a full championship contender, like, you know, with the Warriors and with the Suns, I, I think they're, they're a step below and not like they've got a full season to really show me that they're, they're there, but I don't think, I think they're a playoff team, but not a championship contender. Okay. So I'm going to name some teams. You said they're not better than the Suns. They're not better than the Warriors. Yeah. Are they better than the Mavericks? Uh, right now in a seven game series, I would take the Mavericks. They got Luka Doncic. Okay. Are they better than the Nuggets? No, I don't think so. I like the Nuggets okay. though. Okay. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of the other West teams. Are they better than the Grizzlies? Uh, Probably not. Yeah, like no. Like, see, yeah, I like I think they're I think they're right now like a six a six to tenth best team. Like they're in that second kind of Yeah, so they're like maybe like they they avoid the play in, but they're not one of the teams that doesn't have to worry about avoiding the play in, you know? Yeah. That's fair. I I, I, I definitely think for I think me, they have, like they, there's a chance of it, but like it's all still so theoretical where I'm like, I, you're not a contender to me yet. Yeah, I mean, it's early. You know, this is all hypothetical, but true. I, I definitely think they're in the top six, which is more than you could say last year. So that's definitely good for them. And we'll see. And this is all also, we have to we have to say, all on a big hypothetical that those two guys stay healthy. Yeah. And that's something that we got to see over a season. 
I do think like even if, if just like if you're talking expectation wise, like I do think this is a team that should expect to be in the playoffs, which is a, a different tune that we've said about the Pelicans for a bit. But like, yeah, this this team should be in the playoffs. Very true. Very true. All right, we've reached my new favorite time of the episode. It is time for Matt King Midas. He's going to tell you how to put your money. And as for always, we're going to say the little um, kind of fine print. He's not actually responsible for any money you lose, so please don't (laughs) at him. All right. (laughs) Thursday night football, Ravens versus Bucks. Ravens are currently favored at one and a half. Matt, where are you putting your money? Ah, Man, I'm going to go the Ravens. Like the Ravens are, you know, we touched on them earlier, and and they're kind of a question mark to me right now. But – They've got more answers than the Bucks do. The Bucks, like the Bucks, just that Panthers loss, especially was was one of those where it felt like like oh man, things aren't aren't going so well in Tampa Bay. And then like after this weekend, it's like oh no, like shit, it is DefCon one. I think that's the I think one's the highest one. Um, so I'm gonna go Ravens. All right, Ravens, and he's taking the points. All right, so now we're going to ask about your Green Bay Packers. And I think I know we're going to put your money here because this line is ridiculous. But on Sunday Night Football, the Packers play the Bills. The Bills doing as well as they could. The Packers doing the opposite. The Bills are favored by 11 and a half. Mm. So, Matt, I ask you, where are you putting your money? I'm, I'm going to – Bills are gonna win, but I do. I think the, I think the Packers are gonna are gonna play well, especially in prime time. Um, and hopefully, you know, since things aren't going well, it's kind of it's kind of time. You know, push come to shove, time to show what you guys are made of. Uh, so I, I think Bills win, but I do think the Packers cover that that eleven and a half. That's that's a lot of points. I would sure hope so. I would sure. I mean, if they if the Bills cover that, that's on a on a prime time game. Just doesn't feel like it'll happen, but uh, you know, apparently everyone you know doesn't have any trust in Rodgers, which I you know can't say it's unearned that that distrust. So I, I do get it. I do get you, people who are making the line so big. Uh, 49ers Rams, you know, NFC West still very much up for grabs. Two teams finding their way. 49ers just signed Christian McCaffrey, and uh, the Rams obviously have a little guy named Cooper Cup. Uh, for me, those two are the same person. I feel like you could interchange them and like how much different are they? Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey. Um, they're just really talented little white boys. Yeah, um, our white skill so, position players. Yeah. Okay, but uh, San Francisco's favored by one and a half. Where are you putting your money on this one, Matt? In an NFC West matchup. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the the road the road uh, favorite. I'm gonna go with the Niners. I just feel like Shanahan and the 49ers have kind of had the Rams number. Like even last year in the NFC Championship game, like the Niners played kind of better for most of that game, um, and and the Rams have, have not looked quite themselves this year. Um, the Niners, have, you know, obviously had their own issues, but I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Niners. I think Shanahan. Gets it done again and, and has, you know, gets me face number this time. Yeah, that's fair. I think that the 49ers are the better team, and so I think that they are going to cover that as well. All right, in a little college football action, it's Ohio State versus Penn State. Uh, obviously, Ohio State uh, gave us the business last week, um, one could say, and uh, Penn State, you know, have an up-and-down season, but for the most part doing pretty well. 
Ohio State's favored by 15 and a half in this Big Ten clash. Matt, where are you putting all that moolah? I'm, I'm going to go Ohio State. I think I think Penn State keeps it close in the first half, um, probably kind of similar to to their game against Michigan where they were only down 16 to 14. Um, but then they ended up, you know, getting beaten 25 to three in the second half. And I think I think that's going to I like I just think C.J. Stroud and those Ohio State weapons are going to be too much for Penn State. I, I don't think Penn State's got the firepower to stick with Ohio State. So I think I think the Buckeyes cover and, and roll pretty easily. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I think so, too. C.J. Stroud really coming into his stride. <laughs> Northwestern plays Iowa this weekend. Iowa, for whatever reason, favored by 11 points, as if we're going to score 11 points. Matt, I ask you, after this season, where are you putting your money? Dude, I, I am putting it on Northwestern plus 11. <laughs> I don't I, like. Oh, you think we'll lose? No, I'm putting Northwestern plus eleven. Like I think Iowa will oh, win, but I'm but I'm not I'm not taking Iowa. Like I don't think Iowa can beat anyone by eleven. I don't like the over under should be eleven, right? I don't. It's, <laughs> this is that's, horrible. That's where Hawkeye fans are, folks. If you haven't paid attention, it's been absolutely excruciating, and uh, it's really not. It, it can only go. It's downhill the worst Iowa offense I've ever seen. It's not even ever. close. Like it's not even Truthfully. close. There's nothing to be excited about. There's nothing. The no. defense is – we can't even be happy about the defense playing so well because we, we can't – it's like it's like if you're a really buff dude and it's like good that you're buff but your face is just covered in like boils. And it's like I can't even pay attention to your arms, dude. What's wrong with your freaking face? Yeah, way too many What's boils, wrong with your face? bro. What's going on with your face, man? What's going on with your face, man? All right, to end this segment, Matt – I want you to give me one bet uh, on your own to give to the people on where they should put their money. I'm going to go with – there's some there's some good lines this, this week. Um, oh, actually, I, I really like this one. Raiders minus one and a half on the road to the Saints. I know the Raiders are two and four, but, like, they're much – they're better than their record suggests. Um, the Saints, I think, aren't. Um, and so I think Derek Carr and the team, I, I think that they've been playing better the last few weeks. I think they get a nice road win and, and cover one and a half easily there. Oh, love that. Love that. I hope so. Cause Devonte got to step it up. So does Darren Waller if he plays. All right. We end this episode with our favorite segment. As always, it's the quick fire questions. Time to go, Matthew. Are you ready? I'm ready, baby. All right. Well, we've got three running quarterbacks not named Lamar Jackson because including him would be truly unfair. But I'm going to ask you, between these three running quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, who finishes with more yards on the ground? And to make this a little harder, I'm going to give you their current yardage. So currently, Jalen Hurts has 293 yards on the ground. Daniel Jones has 343 yards on the ground, and Justin Fields leads them at 364. Man, I'm going to go. Gosh, that's tough. That's tough, tough. I kind of think after last week, like I I think that the, the, the Bears are realizing and maybe Fields is realizing that the more he uses his legs, 
for the better. I, I think it's going to be between, I mean, like obviously with the rushing yards right now, it's between Jones and Fields, but I do think it's going to be between those two. And I'm, I'm going I'm to go Fields. I think Joe, like Jones clearly has, has found his liking of, of that, of, of using his legs, probably better and more so than Fields. But if Fields starts doing it as much, uh, kind of like he did this last week, I, I think we'll, I think we'll see him get get yeah. the crown between these three. I agree. I would not have expected him to be in the lead too. For some reason, I I thought it would for sure be Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is like last. In yeah, that, that surprises me that he's last. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he's had to. He's gotten. He's he's had a lot of people to throw to as well, and a good team. So he hasn't had to run as much. I think it's also absolutely. It's also part of it. All right, the World Cup coming up next month. All right, and we of course have another World Cup uh, holder that is going to have to face a group stage with the dreaded World Cup curse that's been happening these couple last World Cups. So my question for you is, and it's going to be a little harder, because I I cannot in good conscience think France is not going to make it through the group stage. There's no way. There's There's no no way. way. But I ask you, will France in a group with Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia, given how poorly holders have done win their group in the world cup. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think, I think there's a good chance them in Denmark tie. Um, and I actually, I think Denmark certainly has the ability to, to beat France. Um, but I, I, I love Australia and I love Tunisia. They're, they're actually, love they're, Tunisia. They're bo- I thought you would go the, on that Tunisia. Both of these countries. I've, I've, I have friends from, I love them both. I would love to see either of them make it to the knockout stage in, in this group, but but Denmark and France are just too. too. I I just I I don't think either of those teams have enough to make France like drop points, and then I think France will probably be able to get a tie against Denmark, and, and France has more firepower where like it's probably going to come down to goal differential in those matchups against Australia and Tunisia, and like as as good as Denmark is, Den- Denmark also like. I could see Denmark maybe dropping a point to Australia. They they probably shouldn't, but like I see them losing points to one of those two more than I would see France. So no, I think France wins. Yeah, but we say that every year, and it it doesn't happen. I mean, look at Italy; they're with the but Costa both Ricans, those, both those, and the New both Zealanders. It's we're less even about like the groups, and like about like both those teams were so much more like Italy and Germany and Spain were like aging teams. Far more than this France. Like this France team is like just now entering their prime. That's true. Matt keeping me honest as always. All right. Final quick fire question. Happy Halloween to all those out there. Uh, we won't do another episode before the Halloween holiday is here. So my question for you, Matt, is who would win in a fight? Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. Dude, we're, well, we already saw Freddy versus Jason, right? This guy. I guess Jason kind of won that one, but Freddie was still alive. Um, I feel like Freddie because like Freddie's got like mad magical powers. He's got like mad magic. I mean, like Michael. Michael's work- supposed to literally just be like a massive dude. I guess Jason. There's like some mystical shit about him. I mean, obviously Michael isn't just some massive dude because he can't die. But like Freddie would like sh- would have the most power of them all like he yeah, goes I, guess, I think he goes into jason's dream in freddy versus jason so like the ability to do that is kind of that's tough right i'm almost thinking 
Because I don't, I haven't, I'm watching some of the Halloween movies tomorrow with a friend actually, but I'm almost thinking like, does Michael Myers sleep? Because if he doesn't, then that, you know, cancels Freddy out. That's like the one thing. Obviously we've seen Freddy versus Jason. So we know that Jason can be put to sleep, but like, is Michael this otherworldly thing that doesn't even sleep? You know, he's just always creeping on you. Uh, I don't know. So that would be the question, but I agree. He's Freddy supposed has to done... be a human. Yeah, but it's been enough movies where we know he's not. He's yeah. got to be some kind of other person. But they should thing. sleep. You like, you can't have him be born as like a normal kid and not have him be like, he just develop the ability not. Well, I guess he. Thinking far too logical <laughs> with these slasher films. Movies be damned. Circadian yeah. rhythms must be respected. Yeah. Get your REM. Get your REM cycle, dude. Get your REM cycle. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Another episode of Two Beers, Please. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Follow us. Uh, listen to the episode. Make sure to promote it to your friends. And tune in next week while we'll talk more sports, a little more in-depth and less news cycle. Um, but you know, it's been really great talking to you. Uh, happy spooky season. Have a great Halloween. Make all of the mistakes that you need to. And Matt, you got anything to say to good people? Uh, I, I want to wish my my dear and old friend Matt Eganhouse and his now betrothed Gemma uh, a congratulations on their on their engagement over this this last weekend. Uh, very very happy for you guys. So congrats to them. Otherwise, that cheers, y'all. <laughs>